following is a presentation of the Outside Lens Radio Network. Recording live from Studio Chanteau, outside of Detroit, Michigan, you're listening to Scotty Freytown and Tyler Dean, The Outside Blitz! And welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to The Outside Blitz. I am your host, the fabulous one, Scotty Freytown, along with my co-host, the tenacious, the titillating, Tyler Dean. Tyler! The Outside Blitz in the house, and we've got Wild Card Weekend in the books. How are we feeling? Yeah, wild Card Weekend was a kind of a bit of a shit show. It was, you know... In many we were, different ways. We were all excited about Wild Card Weekend, like being super Wild Card Weekend. It did not feel like super Wild Card Weekend. It feels like half the teams didn't show up. Yeah, it, it didn't. It, there, were, there were four blowouts and like two decent games. But I mean, it was, it was a bad weekend, and you know who else didn't show up? The referees. They didn't show up either. But we'll get to that. Jeez. Oh, yeah, I know. It it didn't. It did not feel like super wild card weekend. It just didn't. Like I'm, I'm not sold on this at all right now. I, <laughs> I feel like like all those bad teams that got in. I mean, outside of the 49ers, all those bad teams that got in that had no business in the playoffs, like. Just got kicked out. Those ones that like eat to their way in in the last couple yeah. in the last. And e- even though weirdly Raiders with a five seed, but <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, welcome to the AFC shit show. Yeah, like the Raiders had no business in the playoffs. The Steelers had no business in the playoffs. We we knew that. Um, the Patriots. A big we, hit to anybody that's wanting them to add the eighth team. Yeah, yeah. I mean, really, I I I don't know if I want them to add an eighth seed at this point. I mean, I, I got questions about it. Not to mention it eliminates the bye week, but I digress. You know, I, I just, unless you're going to have two teams be the bye, but I, I don't know. No, you you would get rid of the bye altogether, which I I like. I, I like seven. I like seven. I'm cool with seven. Seven's fine. I don't, I don't want to have half of each conference getting into the playoffs. That just sounds obnoxious. Even though me. I would get a, a, an awesome feel out of saying ultimate wild card weekend. <laughs> Ultimate super gigantic, but it, it was it was a, just a, a iffy weekend as far as football goes. I I I wasn't entirely sold on this thing. I it, it was just eh. It was it was okay. I guess. I mean, like, and and really, I I I'm not. I'm still not a big fan of the Monday Night Flex. I I wasn't a fan of that. Um, it was just a, a rough. Rough weekend. I'm I'm more excited for for today and tomorrow as we record this. It's Saturday morning before the divisional round, and uh, yeah, I, I'm more excited for today and tomorrow as opposed to what we saw last weekend. Like I was excited for last weekend, and then I saw the games going down. I'm like, oh, this is how it's going to go. Okay, we're gonna we're gonna trim the fat here. Yeah, only one game was truly. Well, you had two games that were close, but even those two games. At one point, were not close. Yeah, at one point they were looking like blowout central, weren't they? And then it was really, really four bad games, and then two games had a good fourth quarter. Yeah, yeah, that's what it turned out to be. <laughs> I mean, you're not wrong. Um, but we're, I, Super Wild Card Weekend did not live up to the hype of last year's Super Wild Card Weekend, but still, 
we're going to have ourselves a, a nice divisional round, I think. I think that's what it's set up for, a really nice divisional round and, and a really nice uh, championship Sunday. So or maybe it won't be. Maybe it'll be more blowouts. I sure hope not. I hope we get we get four really good games today and tomorrow. But uh, let's jump into our scores real quick. Are you ready, Tyler? Let's do it. All right. Here are your scores for Super, super Wild Card Weekend. Starting out with the Raiders and the Bengals. They were the first game of the weekend, and uh, Bengals beat the Raiders 26-19 to advance. Bengals get their first playoff win in, what was it, 31 years? Yep. Uh, yeah, I was going to say, I, and last time, and I do remember, I do know some things about that Bengals team, guys like James Brooks and Boomer Esiason and Icky Woods, all those guys on that team. But, uh, yeah, the Bengals got a win here. Um, you know, the Raiders fans are going to gonna whine and complain about, about a, a specific call in this game. Let's just jump right into that. Uh, the specific call in that game was the, the refs blowing the whistle as the ball was, was being thrown. Uh, by rule, the play should be called dead, but I, here's the thing. I, the, the play shouldn't have been dead because there was nothing that made it a dead play. Yes, but the referee blowing the whistle should have made a dead play. But when it was blown, and you kind of look at where the players were, the uh, I believe it was Chase. Chase had had the corner beat anyway. Yeah, but yeah. I do agree that. But I mean, by rule, it should have been dead. But that's because of, of a dumb referee, and and even and they even doubled down and said that they determined that the that the whistle was blown after the catch, which is false. So they kind of straight up lied to save face, and then in turn have gotten banned from the rest of the playoffs. Yeah, yeah, they, they deserve to be banned for this. And, and uh, yeah, it, it became a mess. But th- ultimately, this game was, was the Bengals' game. I mean, the Raiders, they had themselves a, a really nice, you know, sort of comeback there. It looked like they were firing back, but but the Bengals, puts it, they put it on ice and, and get the job done. Bengals with that play, you know, because it w- if they had, had they did blow it dead, which would have been accurate by rule, You'd had Bengal fans feeling feeling screwed because the play theoretically wasn't affected by the whistle. And they would have pulled it off. So no matter what, you're going to piss off half half the half the um the game. Right. No matter exactly. what. You're, one way, you're damned if you do, damned if you don't. The situation and and uh, that that specific ref should have should be done. Oh yeah, they, I mean they, he should be you know getting. I don't know if he should be getting his walking papers because I mean every referee does make mistakes, but I. We've, we've always talked about, you know, in the last few years about how the referees have been bad and whatever the case may be. In the current situation, I, I mean, it kind of brings this stuff to the forefront. I mean, it's it's kind of a mess. This this game was – it was a really, really good game, though, that was happening. And, and uh, these teams were going back and forth. The Raiders were strangely competitive against, a, against this Bengals team. Um, you got to credit the Raiders because they have been – Hot. They they played the whole month. They didn't lose for a whole month to get into the playoffs, and then uh, they played this Bengals team really tough. I mean, do you think the Raiders, you know, fight back next year and make their way back into the playoffs, or are these guys? It, it uh, depends who they bring in. Yeah, I agree with that because there's questions on who they bring in, and there's questions on who they bring in and how they feel about Derek Carr. There's there's kind of a lot surrounding the Raiders right now. Yeah, Which is it, weird. You don't usually see this much surrounding a team that was just in the playoffs. Exactly. It, it just seems silly to me. But the, the Raiders, I mean, they were a playoff team this year. Surprise, surprise. And, you know, the, I'm glad to see the Bengals advancing. I think they were the better team. And, and uh, 
I would have rather seen the seen the Bengals advance, so it, I, I'm I'm happy with that, and I think that they're going to give whoever they t- take on this week. I I believe themselves the Titans this week. They're going to give them a run for their money. That's going to be a good game. Um, next up, you got a, a blowout, just a straight up blowout. Bills just stomping a mud hole in the Patriots this week. Uh, the Bills win forty-seven to seventeen. Mac Jones just looked like he didn't belong there. Uh, it, it was a mess. It was a mess from Jump Street. Uh, Josh Allen, uh, he had himself a good game. A good game? Game. Just a good game? <laughs> yeah, he, yeah. He, he had more touchdowns than he had incompletions. Yeah, I know. 21 for 25, 308, five touchdowns on the day. He had himself an incredible game. Um, and a uh, 158.3 QBR. So... <laughs> I mean, just Josh Allen just doing what Josh Allen does. He looked I hope, great. I hope keep that up, too, because anytime Josh Allen plays good, it just makes me look smarter. Yeah, well, yeah, it does. But not only that, on top of it all, Josh Allen, um, if if he plays that way moving into this week, do you think the Bills have a shot to, to take down, you know, the, the... If they play that exact same same game, they they beat the Chiefs by, by 20. Yeah, I, I think so too. And and Mac Jones, you know, I, I have questions about Mac Jones' arm strength at this point. And and we we had questions a few uh, a little while back as far as um, you know when that windy game happened. He only threw the ball three times. I've I've been saying for weeks. I really think this kid needs to hit the weight room and and uh, build up that arm strength. And and that's kind no, of I, I think they need to ship him to Antarctica and let him let him just stay there throwing balls for the next six months. Yeah, I mean that's kind of what it what it seems like. Um, he he got spanked in this game, bad. I mean, and and I mean, two thirty two. He had two touchdowns, but he also had two picks, and one of those touchdowns came in garbage time. At one point in this game, it was starting to look like a shutout, and then they they you know the Bills uh, took the foot off the gas there in the second half and just kind of let them do whatever they're going to do. But I mean, at one point, I, I mean, they were up. What was it, twenty-seven and nothing at one point, and then then the Patriots kicked a field goal just before the half. I mean, it was a mess. Um, the Bills, I, I think, they have a legitimate shot here to go to the Super Bowl. I, I really do, and and they do. They're, they're a dangerous team right now. Um, and and now that they've they've figured out this rushing attack, and they've realized that that the running attack, uh, you know is imperative <laughs> and they've started using it um it, it's become an interesting situation now they, they they team they're not so one-dimensional and teams are having to cue in on Devin Singletary who did have 16 carries for 81 yards 5.1 average two touchdowns he's been red hot in the last few weeks hasn't he he has it it's been weird like like we were we've been saying all year like I don't know if Devin Singletary's the guy this is the best Devin Singletary has looked for the last two years. Since his rookie season, basically. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's been wild because he got hot late in his rookie season, and we're like, oh, man, maybe they got their running back. And now Devin Singletary suddenly is just an impact player for this team. I want to see if he can keep doing this. I mean, 81 yards on, on 16 carries and a 5.1 average is nothing to sneeze at. You give me a 5.1 average on uh, like that, dude. I'll take that all game long, wouldn't you? Absolutely. Yeah. I and I, and I also want to point out one thing. They the the Patriots didn't run the ball a whole lot. 
in this game, which is kind of surprising given the caliber of running backs that hey, they well, have. Well, I mean, granted, they also got behind early and, and needed as much time as possible to come back from 27 nothing. Right. I, I I mean, even then, though, I mean, you, they, they didn't run the ball with Damian Harris a whole lot. They, they got single-digit carries. I, I, I'm just surprised by this, and I... I, you felt like they would have been using Damian Harris and Ramadre Steven more. I'm I'm a little surprised by it. It just it didn't make a whole lot of sense to me. Um, just eh, I, I I feel like they should be running those guys more, but maybe it's just me. But the Bills, they spanked the Patriots in a big way in this game, and uh, yeah, bring bring the Patriots back down to earth. It, it feels good seeing the Patriots getting eliminated, doesn't it? Hundred percent. Yeah. <laughs> Next up, you got the an, another team I'm glad to see eliminated. The Bucks defeat the Eagles 31 to 15. The Eagles get eliminated. Jalen Hurts, you know, for for all the the hype that we've been getting about Jalen Hurts, um, you know, he did not look very good in this game, did he? No, he he looked shaky. He looked nervous. Yeah, I mean, it was it was a rough game. He had more interceptions and touchdowns. Um, I mean, 23 for 43, so he only had a 53% completion percentage. Hurts looked rough in this game, and that Tampa defense looked like the Tampa defense of yesteryear. Uh, I I loved every second of that. Um, I'm not a big fan of old Tom Brady, but I'll tell you what, Tom Brady, he had himself a good showing in this game. He played, I mean, a 78% completion percentage, 271, two touchdowns. It looked like playoff time Tom Brady, didn't it? Mm -hmm. Makes me nervous. Yeah, yeah, we could be seeing another Bucks Super Bowl, but who knows? Uh, Mike Evans looked really good in this game, and you know, one of the really, I'm going to say two big surprises in this game. First of all, and a guy that I said was need going to need to to have a big game, Keyshawn Vaughn for the the uh, Bucks. But a, another big surprise, and a guy we haven't been talking about a whole lot, Giovanni Bernard, out of nowhere, having himself a, a, a fun. actually played the better game. Yeah, yeah, in a way. Hard. He, he looked good in this game. and, and like Vaughn started off hot in the second half. He kind of fizzled a little bit. Right. He had like a very strong average in the first half, and then it kind of died away down to like a 3.1. Yeah, Bernard, um, his average wasn't all there, but there were certain points in this game where, you know, he was with his receptions. I mean, he had some longer receptions happen in this game. I mean, he had five of them for 39 yards, a 7.8 average. I mean, that's pretty damn good. Um, I, I forgot all about Giovanni Bernard being with the Bucks, and and uh, we we forgot how effective he could be because the last time we saw him be truly effective was when he was like red hot with the Bengals, and yep. yeah, now he's he he's out here doing his thing as a nice change of pace back. It was good to see him out on the field. I I was pretty excited to to see him tearing it up the way he was. He did get a touchdown in this game, so uh, yeah, Giovanni Bernard showing up. But yeah, Tom Brady and company. They stomp the Eagles here. Um, I mean, for the Eagles, I, I think this was more or less expected, you know, from everybody, right? Yes. Eagles would have needed a lot to have happen to win this game. So when they went down 14 nothing, I think everyone kind of knew, like, okay, Eagles aren't going to be able to do that. Yeah, this this one was, was um, I, I don't, I personally speaking, I mean, this is one of those teams, the Eagles, where I just didn't think that they belonged in the playoffs. Um, they got there, good for them, but I, I I expected a blowout in this round, and that's what we got. So, I mean, yeah, it, it, it's no surprise. Um, do you think Jalen Hurts is going to be the QB of the future over there for the Eagles? 
you, or do you think he fizzles over time? I mean, he could fizzle, but I mean, he's they're they're gonna they're gonna ride the, the hurt string for a while. I, I think he's gonna do well, but they're gonna they're gonna ride him for a while. Yeah, I think so too. I, that's where I think that one's heading. Um, next up, you got the Niners and the Cowboys, and, and I'm glad I changed my pick. <laughs> the Niners did beat the Cowboys. Yeah, you got your six to zero for the week here, but I almost want to call like a five point nine and and, and <laughs> point one because like, you you didn't switch like you didn't believe in your pick. You, you switched out of purely try to catch up. Yeah, yeah, I I didn't believe in it, but I, I switched. I wanted to catch up, and I I mean it, it worked out uh, for me. But the the Niners. So one thing I'll point out about the 49ers is Debo Samuel, and I feel like. He's being used more of a, as a running back than a receiver these days, isn't he? Him and, and frickin' Cordell Patterson are playing opposite roles right now. Yeah, I, I don't understand what the hell is going on. Like, Debo's a great receiver, and it's cool that they're using him in that running back role, and he's been effective in it, but he had 10 carries for 72 yards in this game. I, I don't know what and, that And that's kind of way, the way it's been all year. Yeah, but there, there have been points where Debo has had, you know, big big passes and stuff like that. I I don't know. I, I just, this is such a strange anomaly. And, and credit to Kyle Shanahan for, for going out there and creating a system that, that a lot of teams are having trouble deducing. Here. Yeah, this season he had 1,400 yards receiving. It's a great year. Yep. And 360 yards rushing. Yeah. It, it's crazy, and, and in this game he had a eight seven, rushing eight rushing touchdowns. Six, he's, he's had fourteen touchdowns. Yeah, Debo's had a great year. That's quietly <laughs> um not far behind our boy Cooper Cup. Yeah, and and that's why I like Debo Samuel so much. Teams have to have a lot of trouble, and and remember when he came out, I said that he was going to be the best receiver out of that draft. And uh, so far, right now, Debo Samuel is starting to look like the best receiver out of that draft as long as he's healthy. He was, I mean, he was last year, wasn't he? Uh, two years ago, I think it was. Oh, yeah, 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 you're right. So, I mean, it, 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 it was good. And then on the other side, the Cowboys, wow, what a rough outing. They were sloppy and, and just a mess, weren't they? Oh, yeah. I mean, they... Fixed things late, and it was looking like they were in like the fourth quarter. It actually appeared like they might have been the better team. Yeah, but then it, was, it ended up being a little too little, too late. Plus a little bit of controversy. Yeah, a little bit of controversy as far as I mean, they were they were driving downfield uh, again. The referees, and we're going to jump into these, but the referee comes running down the field. I understand the refs got to spot the ball. Um, the rule needs to be revisited because the, this. That referee having to spot the ball like that, and that referee running behind, yes, the Cowboys shouldn't have run a QB draw on that play. I, I get it. It's a dumb call. And and frankly, I feel like it, it may have costed Kellen Moore a starting head coaching job in the league. But what I am going to say is that the referee runs into Dak, snatches the ball away from the center, and respots it. Now, there is a lot of controversy there. A lot of people are going to, you know, go one way. I know I get it. A lot of people hate the Cowboys, myself included. But at the same time, we got to be real here. Um, what? Why? This is the thing. I, I get that the refs got to spot the ball on every play. What? What? I guess my thing is, what difference does it make if you just let them snap it and spike it and then spot it where it needs to be? 
because te I guess technically you don't know. Um, that could have just they, they could have spotted a yard forward and then hiked the ball and, and ran a play. And at that point, you have, you have a hole, and that that's completely now you have a whole can of worms. Right. I mean, it, it just it makes for a mess. And and uh, but at the end of the and as much as I've been on Dak's side this year, at the end of the day, Dak is a veteran in this league now. Yep. Like and that's he, what he is. He's a veteran. He, he knew. He knew the ball should have went to the ref and not his center. So the fact that he handed the ball to his center, not not the referee standing there. Right. He's kind of on Dak. Yeah, it is. And and he played like shit in this game. He did. 23 for 43, 53% completion percentage, one touchdown, one pick. This is not – he did not play like a 40-plus million-dollar quarterback in this game against a, a very beatable 49ers team. I mean, at the end of the day, he did not play well. So I, I mean, the Cowboys, they came out, they were sloppy, and, and it was a mess. The running game didn't get going. Is Ezekiel Elliott, I guess it, it's come out recently, and we'll talk about this real quick. It came out that, that Zeke played with a, a, a torn PCL all year long. Um, I mean, is Ezekiel Elliott toast here? I, the guy barely broke 1,000 yards, and I get that he's 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 playing on a He's not been good. I, I, I don't know. You know, I, I, if it was me, and and I had the opportunity to, to trade Ezekiel Elliott right now, I would, because I think Tony Pollard is the better back. I, 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 I think I don't know. I think they're I think they're both not the option at this point. Really? P Pollard showed strides of it, but I I think he proved to me that he's not a a full time back. See, I I think otherwise. I think he is. The, the, the problem for, for Pollard is he never once got a full workload all year long. I mean, he, he would get, and then even on the, the games when he was the starter and Zeke was sitting, I mean, he would get 10 carries. I, I A lot of this, I think, you know, and it, it, a lot of it does fall on Mike McCarthy and the way that he runs an offense. I don't know if he's the right fit there, and we'll jump into that shortly. But uh, I think Tony Pollard can be an every down back. And... I think if, if the Cowboys were smart and they traded away Ezekiel Elliott and they wound up with Tony Pollard as their starting back on a discount, I think he has a huge season. I really do. I, I believe in, in Tony Pollard. So I, it was a rough game, though, for the, rushing-wise for the Cowboys. They, they, they started figuring it out late, but like you said, too little too late. I, and, and one guy I want to point out, particularly in the first half, that looked really, really good in this game, and not enough people are talking about it, but it was in the first half. Jimmy Garoppolo looked like a seasoned veteran out there, didn't he? He did, but he's also supposed to be. Yeah, no, no, but he he looked like like I, I mean like a top guy. You know, he he was very calm and very collected, and just he handled business effectively. Now now later in the game, not so much, but in that first half. He, I, I was, I was very impressed with the amount of poise that that uh, uh, Jimmy Garoppolo showed in that game. I mean, really, I, I, I was impressed. Uh, at one point, there was a play-action play, and the the level of calm that you could tell Jimmy Garoppolo was playing with, it was impressive. I mean, wouldn't you say? I, I would agree. Yeah, I, I would. I mean, and he didn't. His numbers weren't, weren't mind-blowing. I mean, 16 for 25, 172. He didn't have a touchdown. He did have a pick in the game. But uh, it was 
early on in particular, and that's that's really when when he looked good was was early in this football game, uh, because later, like I said, rough. Um, he looked good. I was impressed with Jimmy G and the way he played uh, in the first half of this football game. So I want to see if Jimmy G can do that again uh, this week. Very tough matchup coming up against the Packers. Uh, next up, we've got another <laughs> blowout city. Uh, Chiefs beat the brakes off the Steelers here. 42-21. to 21. I mean, they, they took big, big Ben out back and gave him the old yeller treatment here. I mean, and, and I know you were just thrilled. It's the game we all saw coming. It's like Ben saw it coming, too. It's why you say he's going out to have fun. Yeah, yeah. Ben, ben saw it coming, and we all saw it coming, and sweet Jesus. I mean, what... What a what a spank in here. Patrick Mahomes doing Patrick Mahomes things. Uh, 404 yards, five touchdowns. He did have a pick in this game, but who the hell cares? He was 30 for 39 on the day. Uh, Mahomes, I mean, how do you think that the Chiefs are set up here for, for a playoff run? Do you think we're about to see a, a repeat this week of, of uh, what we saw last year against the Bills? Right now, it's going to be the two hottest quarterbacks going head-to-head this week. It's going to be a hell of a game. Yeah, I'm excited for that one. I, I'm I'm very fired up for that, and it's going to be a fun one to watch. And uh, Ben, I mean, he looked like old man Ben. I, I he he fell apart, and uh, I can't wait until you know three four years from now when he gets inducted into the Hall of Fame, and you know five he, years. Yeah, and he's four hundred pounds. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, like, am I wrong? I mean. Well, that's not that's not a very bold prediction. He's already 380. <laughs> He's 380 and can barely move. But uh, yeah, Ben. I mean, he it was kind of whatever. Uh, yeah, he's, whole- he's he's gonna go from uh, Super Bowl um, sweetheart quarterback Ben Roethlisberger to Ben. Where's my burger? Yeah, <laughs> that's terrible. Yeah, uh, he looked bad in this game though. The Steelers looked looked absolutely miserable. It was blowout central. The Chiefs looking like the Chiefs of old, and they spanked the Steelers 42-21. I'm excited for their their game. And last but not least, uh, we got the Rams and the Cardinals. The Rams go out and and beat the shit out of the Cardinals. I mean, and nobody saw this coming. We we were looking. Uh, I mean, I saw the Rams winning, but I didn't see it this way. You know and. And obviously, I didn't either because I picked the Cardinals. Yeah, I, I'm gonna I'm gonna say this, and and I am I I believe right now, judging by what we saw after that that red hot seven and zero start from the Cardinals, I believe that Cliff Kingsbury and Kyler Murray are cooked. I think they're fools gold. I don't. I, I. I. don't know if I can take it that far. I really do. I. Th- I think they're cooked. I mean, look at. Look at the whole second half of the season, and then look at this game. I mean, it was horrible. Kyler Murray looked hideous. He did not look like the Kyler Murray that we saw early on in the season. And Cliff Kingsbury. He looked lost. He. I mean, just judging by the play calling, they seemed lost in this game. It. One player, not having one player, because that's when DeAndre Hopkins went down. Not having that one guy should not kill your offense like that. 
I mean, for for a, a a quarterback that's supposed to be the caliber of Kyler Murray, I'm blown away by by this whole situation. And so DeAndre Hopkins isn't there, and suddenly you can't play ball. Like, what the hell are we doing here? What the fuck is this? It it just made no sense to me. And Kyler Murray, I mean the the most egregious thing that happened in this game, as far as Kyler Murray goes, was Poor Kyler Murray. The, the safety interception. The safety interception was so bad. I mean, he he's trying to make something out of nothing and and trying to make sure he wasn't taking the safety. And I get it, but sometimes I I see Kyler Murray and I'm like, oh, why are you doing all that? Sometimes I feel like he's just trying too hard to do stuff, right? I mean, that's what it seems. Yeah. Like. And and it resulted in that that silly interception. I mean, which, which is now the uh, <laughs> the poor Kyler Murray, the shortest interception <laughs> for a touchdown in history. <laughs> That's ridiculous. Of course, it'd be Kyler Murray. God yeah. Damn it. Yeah. Um, I mean, it was just a bad game. And I one thing I just want to point out is look at the stat line of Matt Stafford. Look at the yeah. fuck stat line. Stafford's ready to go right now. 13 for 17 for 202 yards and two touchdowns. 13 for 17. That's all he had to do. Like, is this for real? Like, what the hell are we doing? And he did have a rushing touchdown on the day. He did run six times for 22 yards, but 13 for 17 passing. Like, <laughs> what is this? And then... um you know, Cam Akers knocking out Buda Baker, scary moment in that game. Buda Baker is okay, um, you know, but man, that was scary as all hell. He got blasted. And I'm personally speaking, like, I, so a lot of people are like, oh man, you know, poor Buda Baker. And, and I'm just kind of like, why did he lead with the helmet? Because he was leading with the helmet on that tackle. And he got smacked by Cam Akers' shoulder. And Buda Baker went down in a nasty way. I mean, he was just out, wasn't he? Yeah, this is one of those cases where um, usually I'm on the defensive side here because offense offenses get catered. But right. th- that was on Buda. But I do stand by running backs and receivers should be getting the charge on the helmet to helmet when when it's clear and obvious that they're the one that lowered it to begin with. Right, I agree with that, but he and this this is not one of those cases. Yeah, this wasn't one of those. This was a shoulder to the face, um, and it was it was a scary one. I, I it was it was very scary. Sony Michelle and Cam Akers both had good games in this game. Uh, and mean, what's what's scary to me is I feel like Cam Akers is is still warming up. Yeah, he's still firing up here because there were there were certain points in this game where he was. You know, getting, I mean, he got a pass for 40 yards in this game. I mean, he only got 13 carries. Or, I'm sorry, 17 carries. And he had a 3.2 average, which was is technically low, but it was against. But it's a, also, a, what, the second game back? Yeah, second or game. Or really, first it, game back? Yeah, well, yeah, no, second game back, but it was his, he was against a very tough Cardinals rush defense. And, and, so he had 55 yards. He did have uh, uh, the one reception for 40. I mean, Sony Michelle. He had himself a good game, 13 for 58, 4.5. He was sharing, you know, carries with, with Michelle. I feel like with yeah. a full workload, you could have seen Cam Akers fire up here. I, I think so. Yeah. 
And uh, your boy Jake Funk did see the field, by the way. So I know you're excited. About I was surprised he saw the field. <laughs> it was at- so, so far, he's not living up to what I thought he could. But I, I think he's still got potential. I think he's a very big built dude. Yeah. I mean, he was um, big. I saw him run. I'm like, damn, I didn't realize how big that guy was. Like, he, he's a big boy. You might you might be able to move him over to fullback. Yeah, yeah, that might be where, where they go with it. But uh, that is um, those are your scores for the the super wild card weekend. Uh, Tyler, we've got um, all kinds of news and stuff around the league. We got head coaching carousel. We've got uh, you know, I mean, just everything. We've got injuries from this week. Uh, the head coach and GM stuff. Are, are the big the bigger news we'll jump into those we're going to take ourselves a quick break and then we'll be right back right here on the outside blitz at it's your time massage you get all the benefits of one of the larger massage chain parlors but in a more intimate and personal setting with four years experience massage therapist and owner amanda yata's goal is to help people in a natural way offering swedish deep tissue pregnancy aromatherapy and sports massages you will feel better and have more energy in just one hour. It's Your Time Massage is offered in-home, Amanda's, or yours. With the rates ranging from $55 to $130, you get professional quality at an affordable rate. Contact Amanda today at 313-686-4347 or online at iytmassage.com. It's Your Time Massage, a natural way to improve your well-being. Back to the Outside Blitz. I'm your host, Tyler Dean. Uh, super Tyler Dean. Super. <laughs> and I'm your co-host, the fabulous one, Scotty Freytown. And Tyler, um, tons of news around the league this week. Uh, we got a lot going on. Uh, obviously, the head coaching and GM carousel is is uh, all fired up. We'll jump into those things shortly. Um, I'm gonna I'm gonna jump first into the wild card and uh, divisional round news. Uh, first of all, let's I want you know I know we talked about it a little bit during the scores. I want to talk a little bit about these referees here. Um, you know we we've been talking for for really for the last two years about shoddy referee calls. Really, ever since the the, the referee strike that, that that caused the replacement referees to come in. I mean, we've been talking about shoddy refereeing, and I feel like this weekend really brought it, you know, right to the forefront for everybody. Am I right? Yeah, the, we got two games in particular that it was just really bad. Yeah, and and I there there are just certain occasions. I I hate. When referees and and I'm with you, I'm in I'm in, I stand in in your court here where it's it's you should never put it in the referees' hands. I I'm firmly with you on that, but I will say that I hate the idea of referees deciding games, particularly in the playoffs. And I, I feel like the the Raiders, you know, getting 
having that whistle happen in spite of the fact that Jamar Chase had it happen and the place should have been blown dead. Um, according like by rule, it should have been, um, I, I just kind of feel like, like this is on par with the tuck rule as far as the Raiders go. Right. I mean, I think we're right at that point. Yeah. I hadn't thought about it that way, but you're, you're not wrong. Yeah. I, I just, I look at it. I'm like, oh, I don't know. It's, this is just, you know, one of those things that we're not going to hear the fucking end of. And, and I know that, that it's, it's right there. The referees have now screwed the Raiders twice. I mean, and, and that, at least that's how Raiders fans are going to look at it. Um, it just seems like a mess. And, and I, I don't know. I, I, and then going over to the, the Cowboys game and, and we talked about it, but, and I understand Dak Prescott should have been, been, you know, handing the ball to the, the referee and whatever the case may be. The referee was, was outlandishly late getting there. I mean, I watched the video, and and I'm sure you've seen it, where how late the referee was following that play, the back judge there, but also the fact that the back judge, I mean, plows into the the quarterback, plows into the center, grabs the ball, like uh, snatches it out of the center's hands. I mean, why couldn't he just come up and just poke the football? You know, (laughs) like what? Why was all? And I I get they have to spot the ball, and I, I. I don't know. I, I think the, the NFL does need to explore the rules as far as, as that spiking the ball goes and then, you know, having them, you know, reset it the way it, where it needs to be. But I, I don't know. There's There's got to be a way to it. But at the same time, I'm starting to feel like referees, and I'm, I'm glad the NFL did take action going into this, this these playoffs these and and the rest of the playoffs not having the the referee squad from the Bengals and Raiders game referee any games they're not going to be seen for the rest of the playoffs but I do feel like the NFL I mean I feel like this is a step in the right direction where the NFL I'm sorry I understand bad calls happen and that's okay and that that's part of the game but when there is egregious and the things that happened this weekend or this past weekend are as egregious as what we saw, I'm thinking fines and suspensions need to be thrown up there, and and I, I'm start. That's how I'm starting to feel. These these referees need to be held accountable. Because the last time we saw something this atrociously egregious w- would probably be the uh, Saints Rams championship game. Oh yeah, and it was terrible, terrible call. I mean, and and obviously, you know they. They explored the concept of of you know being able to challenge pass interference calls, and a lot of people <laughs> a lot of people thought it was a disaster. And the refs aren't going to overturn their own calls, right? The refs aren't going to overturn that, but you know they they got to send it somewhere, and and there there should be some some someone that's un- unbiased, you know, that's going, eh, yeah, that's that's you know that was pi clearly pi, you know, I I I feel like like. It would alle- it it should alleviate, and a lot of people think it was a disaster. I don't think it was. I, I think it was a disaster because because the referees aren't going to overturn themselves. But at the same time, I, I they they have to create these checks and balances. They have to create this situation where where the the game is being called fairly, and they have to create a situation where where teams don't feel like they got screwed at the end of the day, and you got two teams that walked out a wild card weekend that got screwed, really, or that feel like they got screwed. 
And you, you I mean, the the amount of garbage that in Cowboys Stadium at AT and T Stadium that was just rain down on those referees they were throwing like full beers and shit at the referees they were so angry and, and Dak got himself in trouble with that one yeah Dak prescott he said oh they had every right to and then he gets himself fined 25k <laughs> it was it was actually the uh nba's referees that go yeah we're not gonna we're not th- we gotta do something about this yeah yeah and it, it is kind of shame on Dak. Yeah, shame on Dak for those for, comments. Yeah, yeah, throw shit at him. But I, I, I understand the frustration, but you shouldn't say <laughs> throw shit at the throw shit at the referees. But at the same time, these referees, I mean, especially in these important games, they need to understand that you are you are potentially costing teams playoff games and Super Bowls. You know, you're you're costing teams the opportunity. It's it's just not right. And the league, you know, I, I, I bitched about all year long about uh, how I I mean, how I felt like like the Vikings were, were getting, you know, raped with no lube here. And here we are, you know, and, and there are several other teams that feel the same way. I know Lions fans have felt that way for years. Now, in a lot of situations, I disagree with a lot of the Lions fans. About about oh we got screwed on this call and that call. Um, there are certain rules that are just bad, and the referees enforced them properly. Then the Lions felt like they got screwed by the refs, and it's like, well, no, they just enforced the proper rule. But um, you know, there's there's a lot of teams out there that get screwed like this, and it's unacceptable. And the league needs to hold these referees accountable, and they need to go out there and say, hey, you know, you you fuck up a game as egregiously as this. Uh, you're gone, or you're, you're or you're getting suspended, or you're getting fined. Something. It just it just doesn't seem right. These referees need to be held accountable. I'm I'm fully in that court. How about you? Yeah. Yeah. No, they definitely do. I. They need to find a good way to do it because obviously, um, you can't put the same fine penalties that you have like in players. Like the, well, yeah, obviously. I mean, they're but, not paid as much as these players. Something's got to be done. I. I think the fine suspensions is probably the way to go because I don't know what other way you you can go. But there's got to be something, some sort of checks that says, "Hey, like you're gonna get penalized if if you screw up royally, like 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 this." Yeah, and and that's that's what I think it is. And and not only is it not only is it a situation where where uh, um, one team just they don't get to the opportunity to referee any further. And and we know this this the the specific head referee in these in this game that that guy is actually he's a decent referee I forget his name uh, decent referee but he won't be seen for the rest of the playoffs and I mean and that's like I said a good step in the right direction but we can't have referees deciding games you know and that's it, it raises it draws a lot of ire and it, it raises eyebrows I. And and fans have every right to be irritated. Referees shouldn't be deciding games, especially in the playoffs. It's just a mess. Agreed. Yeah. So um, and all moving on now, uh, we've got all kinds of of playoff news, uh, interesting stuff going on. We'll go ahead and and start off with uh, um, the 49ers here. Quarterback Jimmy Garoppolo. He suffered a shoulder sprain versus the Cowboys. They're still unsure whether or not he's going to play this weekend. 
Um, you could see your boy Trey Lance in a playoff game against Aaron Rodgers and the Packers. I feel like that's, you know, going to be uh, the Niners' worst nightmare, don't you? No, I do, and I still like Trey Lance, but that's asking for a disaster for no matter who who your young quarterback is. Like, hey, haven't played all year. Hey, playoff game, Packers, go. Yeah, yeah, go play against the best team in the NFC. That'll work out for you. Uh, the the good news is is that you got two players that are expected to be good to go. 49ers linebacker Fred Warner says he's expected to be good to go for Sunday's divisional round matchup against the Packers. That's huge for that defense. Yeah, after suffering an ankle injury versus the Cowboys, he left the game early. But also on top of it, uh, Nick Bosa, he exited the game versus the Cowboys early with a concussion. He has cleared concussion protocol. So you're going to see Warner and Bosa both on the field this weekend. Um, I think those are, are, you know, big, big pieces for the the Niners to have on the field for uh, this upcoming game against the best team in the NFC. A lot of people predicting the Niners could beat the Packers this weekend, and they're going to need all the help they can get with with Aaron Rodgers out there. And now Aaron Rodgers, according to what we're hearing, his toe is good to go. So oh, finally, yeah, finally, he's he's played all year on this broken toe, and and now here he is. And and then additionally, when it comes to the Packers, they've activated linebacker Zadarius Smith and linebacker Whitney Merciless from IR. So both those key linebackers are going to be back on the field. How big of a boon is that for the Packers, having that against that um, that Niners uh, offense that has just been running the ball at will in these situations? Uh, it's it's big. I, I know you're wanting four good games. I don't know you're going to get four. <laughs> yeah, you don't think so? I mean, if Trey Lance is out there, I don't think it's going to be a good game. If it's if it's Jimmy G, I think we've got the possibility of a good game in this one. But I, if, if it's Lance, I don't know. But on I, the flip side, if, if we're talking like uh, you, you have a better luck at winning the Mega Millions here, but if Trey Lance were to come out and beat the Packers, you can you can any any you could kiss Jimmy Jimmy goodbye. Oh yeah, the starting job's his if he if he beats the Pack. The starting job's his for the rest of the season, for for the rest of the playoffs. And, and, and next season. And next season. And and Jimmy G is going bye-bye if Trey Lance comes out and lights but the But that ain't going to happen. I, I know it's not. I still happen. like Jimmy. or I, mean, I still like Trey, but basically coming in cold, playoff game against the number one team in the NFL. Yeah. he's. I don't think he's ready. <laughs> no. <laughs> I don't think – I don't think anybody would be ready for that. <laughs> so, yeah, he's uh, he's got his work cut out for him there. But um, we'll we'll find out if we're going to see. Uh, I, I I mean, it's it's technically later on today, and and we haven't heard anything about who the starting quarterback is going to be. So, it's up in the air. We're going to find out. So here we go. Next up, uh, we also have the Rams. The Rams offensive tackle Andrew Whitworth. He's out for Sunday's game versus the Bucks. That is a huge, huge loss for the Rams against a Bucks pass rush that is just incredible, right? It is. It's, it's starting to not look very good here. I'm getting nervous that we got to, we're going to do another freaking year of Tom Brady. Yep, and then we get it gets even worse. Rams safety Taylor Rapp. He's listed out for Sunday's game versus the Bucks with his concussion. He's still out. For, he was. I think he was out last week. He's out again this week. Um, so they're not going to have Taylor Rapp. 
The good news for the Rams, however, they do get running back Daryl Henderson back from IR. So, you know, they'll get a nice change of pace back there to uh, to go along with the bulldozing running of Cam Akers and Sony Michelle. Um, do you think Daryl Henderson has a big factor in this game? No, I think they're going to continue to let the uh, hot hand Akers just continue to warm up and get going. Yeah, I, I think Akers is going to going to do what he does. I, I'm pretty sure that that he's going to be the guy that's going to end up being the starter. Yeah, the second game back, he's he's already leading the team in in, in carries. Yeah, I think they're going to continue that trajectory. Yeah, I think that's where we're headed. On the other side, Bucks offensive tackle Tristan Wirfs. Uh, he left the game early, and then Ryan Jensen, he also played through an injury, both of them with ankle injuries. Uh, they may not play for Sunday's game against the Rams. It's still up in the air. Bruce Arians uh, said he wouldn't know their their status till Friday. We haven't heard much of anything, so uh, we may not see either of those guys. Uh, so that, that their status is kind of up in the air. It'll be uh, interesting. I think that's a huge loss, particularly because, obviously, Aaron Donald, on the other side, and weirdly enough, Von Miller has been red hot for the Rams in the playoffs, right? Oh, he has. Like, ever since he came back, it's like, here we go. Yeah, I, I've been noticing Von Miller looking like sort of like the Von Miller of old. It's been interesting to see, uh, and, and a lot of people kind of counted him out throughout the season, but I'm super stoked to see what Von Miller can can pull off, especially if those two key cogs, Wurtz and Jensen, aren't on the field for this game. Uh, against the Rams, I, I really think that Brady the, could be running. Yeah, which he can't do. So <laughs> I mean, it's it's lower than most linemen. Yeah, yeah, he is. Yeah, I, I really he kind of reminds me of like like a better passing version of Sean Mannion. I mean, the they they both run like old people. Fuck, it's it's terrible. Um, but yeah, Tom Tom Brady is is uh, he's gonna. He's going to have to get rid of that ball quickly, you know, and, and we know Tom can do that, but Jalen Ramsey's on the field covering Mike Evans. That's going to be a war there too. So I'm, I, that might be one of your games of the week. I think the Sunday games, to be honest with you, looking at them, I think the Sunday games are more intriguing than the Saturday games, but really three out of the four, I think are going to be super close and super exciting. We but hope. Uh, Speaking of uh, the Saturday games, Bengals defensive tackle Larry Ogunjobi has been placed on IR. It officially ends his season. He suffers a foot injury. I think that's a huge loss for the Bengals. He's been really good for them this year, hasn't he? He, he really has. Yeah, strangely good. I mean, nobody nobody expected him to be as good as he was, and, and he's turned out to be really good this year. So Ogunjobi will be out. Um, the, the good news is, is that uh, – that they might have the edge rusher Trey Hendrickson, and they may have Mike Daniels back. Uh, Hendrickson left early with a concussion. Mike Daniels left early with a, a groin injury. Both of them left early versus the Raiders. Um, they're officially listed as questionable hand, heading into Saturday's game versus the Titans, but having those guys on the field, Hendrickson for the last three games has been having himself just, I mean, he's been monumental, especially last game. He was pounding Derek Carr all last game, um, and and you saw how the Bengals' defense sort of suffered and fizzled a little bit without him on the field. Do you think that Trey Hendrickson plays, and do you think the Bengals can win without Trey Hendrickson on the field? Maybe. It's, it's, it's a tough call for me, but I, I think, yeah. 
Yeah. I mean, he, he was like, he's a key cog to that, that Bengals defense. I, I thought he looked just awesome last week before the injury, obviously. Yeah. He was so hell out of it's going to hurt, but I don't know. They're, they're going to have a lot. They're going to have their, their, uh, they're going to have a lot ahead of them anyway with, with the Derrick Henry train coming back. Yeah. That's, that's another big thing too. They're going to, they're going to need him. And, and so the Titans did activate running back Derrick Henry off of IR. Brable doesn't, uh, he, he said he wasn't sure whether or not he was going to play against the Bengals or where they expect to go with the rush heavy attack. We don't know what kind of workload Derrick Henry is going to get, but one thing is for sure. Um, Derrick Henry is going to be out there and he's going to see some playing time. And if Derrick Henry looks good, Vrabel might just say, eh, to hell with it. Go crazy. Uh, so Derrick Henry, I mean, do you think the Titans, if, if Hendrickson doesn't play and Derrick Henry takes on a full workload, do you think the Titans are, are on a trajectory to that Super Bowl, or do you think they're going to have their work cut out for them? I think they're going to have their work cut out for them anyway, against the bills or the chiefs. Yeah. But if Henderson doesn't play and, and Henry's on full full go, this game, this week, could get hairy. Yeah, it could get a little ugly, I think. Um, the Bengals offensive guard, Xavier Suofilo, did get designated to return from IR this week as well. So they're going to get a little bit of a boon on that offensive line, which will be nice for them. Um, Joe Burrow needs all the protection he can get against a very, very tough Titans pass rush. They've been really good uh, rushing quarterbacks this year. Uh, it, it's been something to really behold. Um, moving on to the Chiefs, the Chiefs running back Clyde Edwards-Hilaire is set to return for the divisional round matchup versus the Bills. And see, I'm not, I'm still not sold on Edwards-Hilaire. I'm not either. Yeah, I'm, I'm really he's not. Second year in a row where he's proving that he's not the. I still think he could be a very good change of pace guy. That's but he what can't be the workhorse. I agree. I, I don't, I don't think he's, he's the. Um, the workhorse back that everybody wants him to be. I don't think he's an every down back by any means, but uh, yeah, that it's going to be an interesting one. I, I, I don't think he's going to have as much of an impact as everybody thinks. The bills rush defense is just outstanding. Uh, they're going to be able to shut down the rushing game of the chiefs. Um, when uh, Clyde Edwards, Hilaire comes onto the field. Also chiefs linebacker, Willie gay arrested for a misdemeanor criminal damage charge in overland park. Um, I guess he got into an argument with his son's mother at her house and broke a vacuum. And I guess he has since pleaded not guilty. He posted the $1,000 bond. He's expected to play Sunday versus the bills. How silly of this of bullshit is this at this point? Just you, you got into an argument and you broke a vacuum and you got arrested for it. I mean, just silly bullshit. Yeah. I don't know. I, these these situations are always weird. Yeah, Willie Gay is like a he's a key cog to the Chiefs defense, who which actually in the later part of the season has been really good. But I, I'm just like, what in the hell? <laughs> I mean, the fact he got arrested for it tells you that there's more to the story. Yeah, that's what it sounds like to me. Um, but but it it criminal damage is is the charge. So I mean it's not like it's a domestic violence situation, but they, they did charge him with with criminal damage. So, uh, seems kind of an interesting situation. Um, I, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> You're going to lose a linebacker over that. Just silly, stupid shit. Uh, we've got some stuff going on outside of, of, uh, the playoff teams here. First of all, 
Uh, Eagles head coach Nick Sirianni saying he's hoping he can convince Jason Kelsey to come back for one more year. He says, I quote, I sent him two kegs of beer. Um, do you think Jason Kelsey returns for one more season after this, after the, uh, the debacle that they saw in the playoffs? I think he might. I think, I he, think he might do one more. Yeah, I'm with you there. I really do think he could. He's, he's kind of, you know, like he's, he's a key cog to that offensive line. If they're smart and if I'm the Eagles with all those draft picks I got, I might trade up. I might be looking at Linderbaum in the draft. I mean, wouldn't, wouldn't that yeah, be? Yeah, that'd be a, that'd be a big pickup and, and a nice protection for, for Jalen yeah. Hurts. And, and then you get, you get your center of the future there. I think that's just smart, but I mean, it, it really depends if, if Kelsey's going to make his way back. Um, the Ravens. did you see the uh the the uh speaking of Kelsey did you see the uh story about uh Mrs. Kelsey? No, I didn't. Uh Kel- um Jason and Travis's mother. Yes. So uh the Eagles played on Saturday at one o'clock. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh the Kelsey's family lives in Cleveland Heights, Ohio. Yep. That morning she flew down to Tampa to watch Jason play. Yep. The Chiefs played at 8.30 in Kansas City. <laughs> she managed to be there for the whole Eagles game, got out of Dodge, Ubered to the airport, had a delayed flight, got on the plane, made it to Kansas City, and, and, and got in her seat before kickoff started at 8.30 in Kansas City. See, that's a that's mother of the year right there. That's it? super mom right there. Yeah. <laughs> like, Hell yeah. Like, I support your boys. I, Local I, parents, they're struggling with like, oh, I, I got, um, I got John's soccer game at one, but how, how am I gonna make it to, um, to Casey's soccer game at, at, at five? No. Nope. She, nope. she crossed country. She went from Cleveland to Tampa to Kansas City. Yep. And all in one fell swoop, watched two football games supporting her boys. That's that's like, like I said, that's mom of the year shit right there. Meanwhile, we 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 were we were playing uh armchair quarterbacks drinking beer all day. Yeah. That's all we were doing. That's super mom right there. <laughs> Impressive. Kudos to to Mama Kelsey there, getting shit done. I, I gotta I gotta say I'm I'm pretty impressed with that. Um, that's the MVP all, of the week. It's my Tyler's top ten. All ten goes goes to Mrs. Kelsey. There you go. I, I like that. Uh, Dolphins are expected to retain Tua Tungavailoa for the 2022 season, and they're expected they expect the head coach to build around that quarterback for for next season. Barring an unforeseen circumstance, uh, I think this is the right move for for the Dolphins, don't you? I do, I do. I, I I've been a big advocate against Tua, but he's shown me enough to where he, he deserves a shot to continue to make strides. Yeah, I'm with you there. I I think Tua, it was night and day seeing what went on from a Jacoby Brissett offense to a Tua Tungavailoa offense, and then seeing how Tua did things throughout the entire second half of the year. I thought he looked really good. Um, even after the injury that he suffered, if he can stay healthy, I'm starting to think Tua Tungavailoa may wind up if he continues developing the way he does. I, he may wind up being one of the better quarterbacks in this league. He he looked damn good in that Miami offense, didn't he? He did. And I you saw that strides where Ravens were were not beating the crap out of because we were playing having playing bad too. But we went from beating the Dolphins to the moment Tua came back in the game, it was. Game over. Yeah. Yeah. Tua, Tua looked damn good. Um, so I, 
I, I'm, I think this is a smart move for the Dolphins right now in their organization. I think, I think Tua is just a lot – he's very comfortable down there. And you can tell he's comfortable down there. And and depending on the coach they bring in, and obviously they're they're running around looking for head coaches here, but I, I think he's going to wind up being being their QB of the future. Um, it, very very uh, for the long term, to be honest with you. I unless he barring some some horrible Ryan Fitzpatrick, you know, or or you know meltdown like he had in Buffalo. I mean, this, this kid's going to be the the. QB of the future for uh, Miami. Uh, also, a guy that's not going to be a QB of the future. It's looking like Seahawks quarterback Russell Wilson. He's under contract for two more years, but he wants to explore other options outside of the Seahawks organization this offseason. Um, what do we make? I mean, this is the second year in a row we've heard about this. It, do you think that that Russ is done in Seattle after this year? After this season, I'm thinking. I'm thinking. Yeah, I think last year Russ was ready, but Seattle wasn't. But I think after how this year went, Seattle's going to be looking for letting themselves go into rebuild mode and, and using Russ to, to get part of those pieces. Do you think that uh, um, Russell Wilson is is you know kind of in a situation where where he could wind up with like the Saints or something along those lines? Yeah, I'd rather Saints just don't go to Pittsburgh. Please don't. <laughs> he could. He very well could. To to Russell and, and Rogers, um, Steel, um, Pittsburgh is a very cold city. It gets very cold in the winter. Cold. It gets cold. <laughs> Avoid it. Even though Rogers is used to the cold, but not my point. Yeah, and I also <laughs> point out um when it because we just got off the two of uh, uh discussion here, many people around the league are saying that the Miami Dolphins head coaching search, uh. Many people are saying that Bill's offensive coordinator, Brian DeBall, could be earmarked, according to the recent report from fan-sided's Matt, uh, Matt Lombardo. Um, Brian DeBall, the offensive coordinator from the Bills, he could be the head coach of the Miami Dolphins due to the opportunity to work with Tua. Um, how much do you, uh, do you put stock in that? I mean, it could happen, but I don't think it's he's going to be the um, game changer for them. I don't. I don't think he's the right right choice for them even even with his work with josh allen yeah i don't think i give him the credit i think i put a lot of that on um allen being a good quarterback for one and but more more importantly uh mcdermott yeah i, I think mcdermott has been really really good for them over there in buffalo but yeah i mean a lot of people a lot of people are discussing brian deball right now and he's taking interviews um, a lot of people think Miami is is the landing spot there, so we could see Brian DeBall, you know, down there in that warm weather. I don't know; it it could be interesting, but the opportunity to work with Tua is calling his name. Uh, the Browns uh, defensive tackle Malik McDowell he's arrested in South Florida on charges of public exposure, aggravated battery of an officer, resisting arrest. What the hell is going on here? <laughs> Just. And then he I, apparently he does, he remembers none of it. That that's that's what what he's saying. He remembers none of it. Oh they, boy! They, yeah, they they asked him about it. I mean, just a, a confusing, weird situation. He uh, running around naked, beating up police officers. I, <laughs> what is this shit? Um, do you think Malik McDowell has a job after this season, or after this? Probably season? not. You think you think he's gone? I think he might be. Yeah, that's kind of an ugly situation down there. 
Um, Colts owner Jim Ursay, he says, so last week we talked about the comments about Jim Ursay saying that, you know, he wasn't going to, he didn't, he wasn't going to talk about who was going to be retained personnel wise, uh, with the Colts. A lot of people speculated that it was Carson Wentz. Colts owner Jim Ursay says his comments in regards to being unsure who the team will retain and who they won't retain were not directed at Carson Wentz. He said, I would have told him to his face, but I don't know. I think they're directed at Carson Wentz, don't you? I disagree with them being directed at Carson Wentz because I feel like Carson Wentz did what he everything he could to, to help that team. Yeah. But I think they are directed at Carson Wentz, even though I think they shouldn't be. Yeah. I, I think he's Because you don't you don't um you don't um be very vague on, on, on that type of thing if you're not talking about when you're high profile characters. Right. Not characters, players. But that's but that's my thing. I, I think you know, I, but you know what you know what you know what maybe it's directed at Jonathan Taylor. <laughs> I I mean everybody else on that team, as far as I'm concerned, as far as I was seeing, did their job. Am I right? I I I, I don't see any any weak spot there. I mean, no, I, I the the loss to the Jaguars is tough, but it, it is a division game. Right. I put a lot of stock in the fact that they had the most brutal first six week schedule. Oh yeah, for sure. Bar for none. Sure. Yeah, I I would agree with that. I'm just I don't know. I I Wentz didn't play out of his mind. He he had a few hot games, but he didn't play out of his mind. He was very streaky. Give him another year on, on a te- team to really get comfortable. I think he was very good in the first year of the team. Do you think if the if the the Colts miss the playoffs next year, do you think Frank Reich still has a job? No. Yeah, I don't think so either. I think Jim Irsay is becoming uh, very impatient right now. Um, speaking of impatient people, Cowboys owner Jerry Jones has been non-committal on Mike McCarthy. He says there's a lot to think about as far as these coaches go. Um, the, the Cowboys executive vice president, Steve Jones, he said he absolutely expects McCarthy to remain the head coach. But, yeah, I, I don't know. that. There, there's alarms going off there, and a lot of people believe that Mike McCarthy may be going out the door after the playoff debacle against the Niners. Do you think Mike McCarthy remains with the Cowboys after this, uh, after this year? I think he will, and I also think it's silly that you're talking about not retaining him. Yeah, I mean, this right team now had the number one offense. Yep, I agree. Mike drop. That's it. Yeah, I, I agree. Not, you, you, you can't fire a head coach over one play. Yep, twelve and five made the playoffs. I mean, and I understand the, the disappointment because a lot of people, in, including you, have, have said that you thought Dallas could be a Super Bowl team, um, and and that they and, could, if, and its current team still can be. Yeah, and 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 we we talked about it this year when they they made the playoffs. We said, oh, they could be the sleeper here, and uh, they they didn't live up to that. But at the same time, I don't I don't know that you're firing McCarthy here. I think that's kind of a silly move. I mean, I, I like your your team had a better offense than everyone in the league. Yeah, and you're 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 mad over over a bad game. Yeah, exactly. It, was, it just it seems silly, and but this is this is typical of what we've we've seen from Jerry Jones. These knee jerk reactions. This tells me that Jerry Jones should not be in the the GM spot 
either. He shouldn't be the owner and GM of this team. He should no. just be, he should hire a general manager and let them do their job. That's that's what it tells me. But Jerry Jones is a control freak. So he can't I mean, help himself. Yeah. Yeah, he he oh, I'll just do it. I'll be the GM. No, no, just pay yourself a fucking GM. You know, like it just it makes no sense and he doesn't have any idea what the hell he's doing. It's so, been proven that doing multiple roles doesn't work. It doesn't. Um, it didn't work for Bill O'Brien. No. Um, it, as it successful as the guy's been, it didn't work for Bill Belichick. And those are the big problems. Is it didn't work for Belichick. It didn't work for O'Brien. So Belichick's I, I, a hell of a coach, but Patriots have notoriously drafted bad. Yep. And a lot of that had to do with Belichick. And free agent pickups and trades? Yeah, winner. Winner all day. Yep. From a draft perspective, it's not worked. Yeah. it's It's been a mess. So I, 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 I agree with you there. Um, now, one thing I want to talk about real quick, the Broncos right now. So we talked last week about how um, the Broncos did clear a legal hurdle to, to potentially sell the football team. So the Broncos are currently, you know, out there on the market and, and speaking with, with different potential buyers here. Um, the pay, the, the, uh, Former quarterback and former uh, GM and former executive vice president, whatever the hell he is, John Elway. He said he'd like to be involved as part of the new Broncos potential ownership group. Uh, do you think this is a good idea for John Elway to get involved in this shit? No. I think it's a mess. I, I think John Elway should just be happy being a legend and go the fuck home. I mean, am I right? No, you're 100% right. Always proven he has he has no business being involved in in decisions of that organization. Oh no. Absolutely not. He's made one good decision and and, and that's his accurateness on the shittiness of Drew Lock. Yes. That uh, that's about it. That's that's about all he's got. But Even if you're not giving up hope. I'm not giving up hope. <laughs> I feel like, I feel like, I feel like Drew Lock's your Wilson. No, uh, Drew Drew Lock is is um I think right now, and and I mean can, Wilson, the uh, the volleyball. No, no, we can be honest here. Uh, Drew Locke, I feel like he's um, he is a, a uh, he's a high end backup. No, and I think that's about as far as he gets. Nope. And and I know you're too kind. You think he's just a practice squad guy? He's a high end third string. Uh, I don't think that. Absolutely not. But yeah, yeah Drew, I said he's high end. High end third string. No, he's he's much higher than that. But but I I don't know. I I see Drew Locke, and I I mean, was Elway right? I mean, probably. I I I don't think that that Drew Locke has been in a situation that that really has been good for him. We'll see. I mean, clearly Drew Locke probably isn't going to be retained by the Broncos after this year. We may see him hit free agency, and we'll see where he goes. But as far as Elway goes, I don't think John Elway should be anywhere near an ownership group no. uh, making decisions for a franchise. We we saw how how big of a nightmare that turned out to be when he was the general manager of the Broncos, let alone a part of the ownership group, right? Exactly. Yeah, that's that's a shit show. Uh, next up, the Texans general manager Nick Casario says Deshaun Watson, quote unquote, more than likely won't play for the Houston Texans ever again. Uh, this comes on the heels of the Texans interviewing Brian Flores for for the job last week. I mean, do you think that that we may ever see Deshaun Watson on an NFL field ever again, or do you think he's just going to be 
stuck in this shit show with the Texans. I mean, right now the Texans that they did come out and say they are not willing to budge on the ridiculous purse that they want for for Deshaun Watson, which I think is just silly, especially given all of the legal issues that he has. I mean, are the Texans just pissing away money? Are we ever going to see Deshaun Watson? Well, they're not pissing away money because if Watson refuses to play, he doesn't get paid. But they trade him, they have to give him that guaranteed money. But right now, I don't think he's been refusing to play. I think they've been benching him, haven't they? No, he's refused to play. Oh, okay. He said he's not playing for the Houston Texans anymore. Yeah, but do you ever think we'll see him on an NFL field ever again? I want to say yes, but this whole thing's been such a nightmare that I don't know. I mean, and that would be just a, tra- a travesty because he's such a great player. He He's so good. He's one of the best quarterbacks in football. Yeah. And and here we are. Deshaun Watson hasn't even seen any playing time for, what, a year and a half now? Yep. I mean, it's a mess. It's an absolute mess. Um, And, and also with the Texans right now, and we're going to jump right into uh, the, the coaching carousel and uh, – the, the Texans have a, a mess on their hands. They interviewed former Steelers wide receiver Heinz Ward for a potential head coaching job. Uh, probably one of the strangest head coaches, head coaching candidates that I've I've heard of uh, recently. They've also conducted a head coaching interview again. So this happened last year, and now it's happening again. Josh McCown, for the second year in a row, gets a head coaching interview. I uh, stand by my, my opinion on Josh McCown. You really what you think I, he's gonna he's he's stuff? seen a lot of different offenses. I think he'd be an asset on the coaching coaching squad for a team. I think as an offensive coordinator, I think he'd be great. I'd agree, but but as a head coach, I don't know about all that. I don't know if he's ready for that. Um, they also requested an interview with Eagles defensive coordinator Jonathan Gannett, which eh okay. Um, what is with the Texans in interviewing these obscure coaches? I mean they they. They brought in Cully last year. I mean, and, and it was like he had no business being a head coach. And now you, you've got McCown. He has no business being a head coach. And then you look at, like, I like Heinz Ward, but do you really think Heinz Ward should be a head coach when he hasn't even been a coordinator or anything anywhere? No. I mean, what What is this? Like, why can't they just go out and interview legitimate candidates for these positions? I mean, you have Jim Caldwell out there right now. I mean, you, you've got you've got Doug Peterson out there right now. It just it doesn't make sense to me that these guys aren't interviewing legitimate candidates for their head coaching position. And and when you have all of these great candidates out there that are that are available, I mean, and they're requesting none of them. Yeah. I mean, none of them, none of the guys that, that they're going out and, and requesting are even in the realm of what everybody else is looking to do. I mean, you have, I mean, and you, I know you're not big on them, but Eric B enemies out there. I mean, you, you've got all these guys that are, I mean, go, go pick from the, the very large talent pool of actually talented head coaches or decor coordinators and pull them in and start interviewing people. I just don't understand the Texans train of thought here. They, Oh, I'm going to interview uh, the player that's never been a coach or a coordinator ever. What? Just, uh, I'm 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 not very cultured when it comes to um the. What's that dice call with a hundred with the hundred? The T one hundred. Yeah, maybe I don't know. 
Um, it's, and I just got a letter in front of it. Um, they're just blowing a T100 and uh, just saying and, and having like a, a name attached to each number. Like that's who we're gonna interview this week. Yeah, we're just gonna throw that throw that down there. It just seems silly. Oh, and this week we're gonna interview Yogi Bear. Yeah, <laughs> and then like all the I'm looking at like all of these coaching candidates, like like for example that the Bears and the Vikings and all these guys are are interviewing, and every single one of them is more qualified than the guys they're interviewing. It just, it makes no sense. It makes no fucking sense. So we're there's that. Um, next up, the Steelers head coach Mike Tomlin reportedly is excited to find the Steelers' next franchise quarterback. Do you think Mike Tomlin can do it? Do you think he does it in this year's draft, or do you think they trade? What what do you think is coming here? Well, if he thinks he's on the roster, you're gonna lose. I if agree. he thinks if he thinks that he's in this next quarterback draft class, you're gonna lose. I agree with that too. I I, I, I think you get Rogers, Carr, or Russell, and utilize that time to find your guy. Take your time. I think there's one one guy out of this draft that I'm I, well maybe two that I'm legitimately interested in, and it's either Pickett from Pittsburgh or it's gonna be Car, uh, not Carson Strong, uh, Sam Howell from North Carolina. I think those two are are the only two guys that I'm really intrigued by. Beyond that, I'm not intrigued by any of these quarterbacks, and I don't understand all of this love for Malik Willis. He played for Liberty, for God's sake. It just doesn't make a whole lot of sense to me. But, you know, Mike Tomlin, he's, he's a good head coach. I, I don't think they're going to find it in this year's draft. I, I agree with you. I think they really need to go out. I mean, even if they get a Kirk Cousins and extend him for a year or two, just till they they draft their guy in 2023 because that 2023 class uh, of quarterbacks is much stronger than this year's class. And then that way they've they've got everything squared away, but they're not going to find their, their quarterback in the future in this year's draft class. I I 100% agree with you there. Um, They're going to have to make a trade for somebody to start for this season. And you may see the Steelers finding themselves a a stopgap quarterback like a drew lock, you know, and and they've done crazier things like starting Mason Rudolph for the season. So, yeah, we we've seen crazier things from the Steelers. So we're gonna find out. But yeah, he's he's all fired up. Uh, next up, the Jaguars. They they went and interviewed Alabama offensive coordinator Bill O'Brien for their head coaching job. Uh, he they are unlikely to hire him. I think this is a mistake. And I don't think Bill O'Brien gets enough credit as a head coach. And a lot of that has to do with his bad personnel decision as a GM. I mean, am I wrong in thinking that? No, you got to separate him, though. Like, I agree he's a shitty GM, but Bill O'Brien should be given a head coaching job without interview. He's He proved be one of the best head coaches in football during his time. Right. I agree. And I, I don't... I think a lot of people are are taking his the general manager role that he did with the Texans and and are holding that against him as a head coach, and I I disagree with that that logic. I think Bill O'Brien would would is still a good head coach. I think he he deserves to be a head coach in this league. The fact that the Alabama offense has just been outstanding with him on the field, I it, it, this is a senseless move that people are not talking to Bill O'Brien more and not considering him more for that head coaching position. I, I just, I really do think he's one of the best, uh, 
one of the best head coaches in football that that nobody's talking about. He's like a hidden gem. Uh, next up, the uh, Seahawks. They fired their defensive coordinator, Ken Norton, after four seasons. Uh, I think this was the right move. Uh, Ken Norton, I mean, the defense has been on a steady decline ever since he got there. I'm, I I think this is the the absolute 110% correct move, don't you? Yes. Yeah, just a nightmare defense for for the Seahawks. They they looked terrible this year. Um so they they part ways with Ken Norton. Um that's the first time the Seahawks have fired a head coach in a while, haven't they? Uh I'm sorry, did a DC or or a coordinator? Yeah, I was, was going to say you, you... <laughs> did I did I miss something here? No, no, no. But the, the, it's it's the first time they fired like a coordinator or anything or a coach. Yes, yes. Yeah, it's it. That's an interesting one, and another interesting one. Your boys, the Ravens, they fired defensive coordinator uh, Wink Martindale. Uh, I mean, this past week. What's your take on that? I know this is this is more in your realm. I like Martindale. I I really do. I I'm this this one catches me off guard. Um, outside of this year, they've had a top ten defense every season that he's been a, or a coordinator, or at least over the last five. Yeah. So it, this year we had a lot of injuries. Like you, you can't be mad at Martindale when you lose Humphrey and Peters and Elliott and Chuck Clark missed some games. And the amount of guys that you guys lost, you, you were the most injured team in football, weren't you? Yes. 30 yeah. yard players this year. Yeah. I mean, it was insanity. So, I mean, I, I don't know that they can they can or should be blaming Wink Martindale for all that. For I mean, I, it I, sounds you know, like it was mutual, but I don't. I this this is a head scratcher to me. Yeah, I, I and, get the idea of you know the the NFL's idea of oh well it's next man up it's next man up we hear that all the time but at a certain point next man up you know <laughs> it's not going to work out very well. Uh, it, it just it doesn't always work out that way. And and at a certain point, I mean, if if it was always next man up, well, why the hell are they backups then? If they're supposed to be able to fill up, fill in, it at, only works for a couple a couple times saying it. Yeah, and then after a while, when you have half your over half your team as next man up, well, well now we got a problem. So I I don't agree with this this uh, firing. I I thought that was just a, a silly move. It if it was mutual, I mean, I guess that's one thing, but uh, it, it just uh, and you know. I trust Harbaugh. Yeah. So if he's got something in the works that he thinks is going to be an improvement, I'm until I see it, I'm, I'm going to give him the benefit of the doubt because I, I do trust him. Yep. Um, he's made good. Um, because our last three defensive coordinators were all hired from within. They they promoted a positions coach up to being the the the, the DC, and so and it, and I've questioned it every time they've done it, including with yep. Martindale, and it's worked every time. So yeah. I'm inclined to trust to, to to trust John in this one. Yeah, I'm I'm with you there. John uh, John Harbaugh is one of the the best coaches in football, and he's he's uh, definitely a big character guy, and and he knows what he's doing. Obviously, I mean the, the man's won a Super Bowl, and I mean he knows how to create a good staff. And and I mean Martin and, did part of that. Him and De, and him and DeCosta, and and, and formerly it was Ozzy. They've mm-hmm. Notorious, he done well in the draft too. I, I have no reason to um break my trust at this at this moment. Right. I, I mean, yeah. not many football organizations um get the luxury and the opportunity and and let's be honest, luck's involved too because you can't always predict what players are going to correlate well. 
right of ha- of being able to have two different eras of football having no break no rebuild period in the way the yeah. ravens did yeah and it's a it's a rarity and i and, and and i understand that and i my appreciation for that is deep yeah they they've handled everything so well um over there and and this was an an off year i have every i expect the the ravens to come back roaring next year and uh the if, if i know the harbaugh if i know john harbaugh and the harbaugh boys and i know how those how those ravens work they're they're going to be pissed moving into next year knowing that they missed the playoffs the way that they did and, this year. and they'll be operating in a way that they actually like and actually like because because of this year they're going to be viewed in more of an under, underdog status yep and that's so, where the ravens actually excel and you guys actually have a very favorable schedule this year especially taking fourth so um, next up, we've got the Giants. They hire the Bills assistant general manager, Joe Schoen, as their new general manager. So um, I like that. I like that move. I think that's smart. Um, Joe Schoen, is a, he's been a good – really, the, the Bills have built this team. Um, ever, ever since the, the new management has come in, they have built this team effectively. And, and right now, obviously, the Bills are in the playoffs. They're in the divisional round. They're about to take on the Chiefs. Last year, they were in the AFC title game. Um, this, this is a good, strong move. I, I, I really like this move for them. Um, and on top of one move, I don't like, however, is the, the giants go to interview bills, defensive coordinator, Leslie Frazier, the former Vikings head coach. I hate it. <laughs> Leslie Frazier. Why is, why is he getting looked at? Why? Yeah, I, I hate it. I just hate it. Look, look, Leslie Frazier, he's a good defensive back coach. He's a good defensive coordinator. He, he As a coordinator, he's fantastic. But as a head coach, you saw what happened in Minnesota, and it was a nightmare. And, yeah, he made the playoffs one year on the back of Adrian Peterson looking like God. But it, it just – it doesn't make sense to me. It, it just doesn't. I, I don't I don't understand the, the, um, the sudden infatuation – with with Leslie Frazier, it it seems silly. And uh, another team that that is looking at Leslie Frazier is the Chicago Bears. I mean, I I don't get it. I I just don't. It it it's just dumb. Um, but the uh, next up, the Panthers they expect to hire former Giants head coach Ben McAdoo as their offensive coordinator. That's a dumpster fire. Yes, I don't understand that. What what? What in the hell does Ben McAdoo bring to the table? He was an absolute clown over in fucking New York, and now you're going to bring him in to be your offensive coordinator? The fuck are we doing here? <laughs> it's senseless. I'm, I'm like, as soon as I saw that, I was like, what the fuck? It just insanity, right? I, I mean. I, it just uh, I don't and really what what makes it any better? Like okay, you're going to bring in Ben McAdoo. I mean, unless you're going to have your QB, your next big QB, like be a name guy and not Sam Darnold. Oh, we can expect the Panthers to just be a shit show next year, right? It's looking that way. Yeah, yeah. If I see Ben McAdoo as my offensive coordinator, I'm not feeling too confident. I don't I don't understand it. Um, over with the, the Raiders, let's talk about these guys real quick. They have a lot going on. First and foremost, they go ahead and fire, uh, their GM, Mike Mayock after three seasons, you know, 
Mike Mayock getting picked up as the the Raiders GM was kind of a surprise move to everybody um, when, when he did get picked up because he was he's an analyst. He was an analyst on on ESPN and NFL Network. I mean, it it just seemed a little odd. Do you think he returns to the reporting desk? Do you think he he goes back to being a draft analyst? I mean, more and, than likely. And how big of a hit do you think that that his stock took as an analyst, given how poorly they drafted in the last couple of seasons? Um. I don't know. It's been hit or miss. Like, they've had some good draft. I mean, this year I mean, they 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 pick up a couple of really good players. This year is better than last year's. Oh yeah, for sure. I I think Mayock hasn't drafted very well over the course of the last several years, though. I mean, they they got a hit on Hobbs, which I thought was was great, and obviously he's having all kinds of stuff. And that re- I'll just bring this up. Nate Hobbs gets a, a, a cited for driving 110 miles an hour. Uh, this past week. I mean, is Nate Hobbs setting himself up to be like the next Antonio Brown and just, you know, be a, a diva and all that shit? Uh, I think he just drank too much of the poison Kool-Aid in, in, uh, in the Raiders camp. Yeah. Yeah. That's kind of what I'm thinking because he's such a good player, but he's, he's really negatively impacting his, his stock as a, as a, a viable, uh, good locker room leader, I guess. It, it just seems, it just seems ridiculous. I, I don't understand it. Um, also, the Raiders put in request to interview head coach and GM candidates. Here are the head coach candidates that they've they've gone after: uh, Patriots defensive assistant Jared Mayo. So they're they're talking to him. Uh, the current interim head coach, obviously Rich Bisaccia, is out there, but I don't think he's their first choice. Um, the Patriots offensive coordinator Josh McDaniels got announced today. But the other one uh, that that everybody's kind of waiting on, and over, especially over here in Michigan, the University of Michigan head coach Jim Harbaugh, the forty former Forty ers head coach, and apparently, if he gets offered the job, he's going to leave the University of Michigan. At, at least that's what everybody expects. So those are the head coaching candidates uh, for the Raiders. What do you think about those those candidates? I think that they're, they're kind of selling themselves short here. Don't you? I do too. Cause you're missing big names like Doug Peterson and, and others, Jim Caldwell even. Yeah. I don't understand like, like why they think that, that there seems to be this, this idea that people wouldn't want to come to play in a brand new stadium with these brand new practice facilities in out West, you know, like I just feel like, that's that's the place to go. That's the place to coach out there. You know, you, you want to go out west as a head coach. That's the spot. Seems like all these head coaches want to go out west. I don't understand. Uh, I don't understand why why this is such a huge issue here to really good dive in and get to all these guys that are are being interviewed by everybody else. You should be looking at what everybody else is doing and going. I want to interview, and you could even cherry pick them. I'll interview that guy and that guy and that guy. You know, it just I feel like they're selling themselves short. It seems silly. Um, I don't understand it. Uh, and also with the Broncos, the Broncos go ahead and interview offensive coordinator, offensive coordinator Eric Bieniemy. The Broncos have not conducted anything for for head coaching candidates. It, it just well, per NFL.com, they've completed a bunch. Yeah, I mean they, but Eric Bieniemy is the only one they're talking about. 
That's the that's the thing about because it. because the rest of the list is not very well. They've interviewed Dan Quinn. They've interviewed Kellen Moore. They've interviewed uh, Jared Mayo. Then it's a bunch of like, Brian Callahan, Jonathan Gannon, Luke Getze, which wouldn't be terrible. Yeah, Luke Getze wouldn't be bad. But I I just Aaron some, Glenn. Yeah, all these names that that you're listing like. Like comparatively, and I'm I'm just looking at like like I was I keep talking about the Vikings and the Bears list. Comparatively, I'm seeing these these names, and I'm like, yeah, I mean, they're they're interviewing like like bottom of the barrel candidates. I don't I don't get it. It seems silly. Um, the Raiders also have Derek Carr's future is they've said it, it his future is likely tied to the next head coaching hire. He could be on the move in the trade market this season. Do you see the Raiders moving on from Derek Carr? I would hope that. I, I think they'll I, give him one more. I think the coach will give him one more year because they're, they're going to need a transition period anyway. Yeah, but I, I mean Derek Carr could be on the move in the trade market if he gets traded. I mean, the the Raiders go into full rebuild, right? I mean, if he's gone? Yes and no, because Mariota has shown strides of being okay. Yeah, I mean, he could be okay, but I, I don't know. I think I think they go into rebuild mode. I think this is going to get really ugly really quick for the, for the old Raiders. I mean, they, they just made a playoff playoff run here. I don't know. I think this is a bad move. This is a bad move. Um, they've also interviewed their their GM candidates so far, and again, bottom of the barrel. I, I'm not going to say bottom of the barrel, but I I, I mean I think they feel like they're doing like the bare minimum. The GM candidates they've interviewed so far: Patriots director of player personnel Dave Ziegler, and the Colts executive Ed Dobbs. I I mean I I just feel like they're Dobbs would probably be a good choice for them, um, but I I don't know this this seems like they're they're not doing enough to try and find the right guy for the job. And I feel like there's there's a degree of laziness that goes on there in these situations, right? Yeah. Yeah, it doesn't make a whole lot of sense. I, I just – some of these teams, they 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 if you're looking for a GM and a new head coach, you need to be out there looking. <laughs> I'd be out there looking right away. Uh, one team that has – there's two teams that have been looking, and, and this is our last bit of news for the day. First of all, the Chicago Bears. Um, so the Bears have been looking for their next head coach. They really haven't been been uh, looking at too much of the the GM candidates as much. But um, their head coaching situation, they have interviewed so far. Uh, Bills defensive coordinator and former Vikings head coach Leslie Frazier. Bills offensive coordinator Brian DeBall. Former Eagles head coach Doug Peterson. Former Dolphins head coach Brian Flores. Uh, former Lions and Colts head coach Jim Caldwell, Packers offensive coordinator Nathaniel Hackett, Colts defensive coordinator Matt Eberflus, um, Bucks offensive coordinator Byron Leftwich, Cowboys defensive coordinator Dan Quinn, uh, uh, Bucks offensive coordinator Todd Bowles, and Saints defensive coordinator Dennis Allen got added to that list yesterday. And from what we're hearing, I... I I think right now the two top candidates are Leslie Frazier and Jim Caldwell. Um, judging by the fact that Jim Caldwell uh, likely does not want to go work for the Vikings, um, he he has turned down interviews from the Vikings and Raiders. That kind of tells me that I think Jim Caldwell may be headed to Chicago. Either the but the, the rumor was yesterday 
that they're leaning toward Leslie Frazier. What do you make of this? Do you think – I think Jim Caldwell is better than Leslie Frazier. I think if they – Well, absolutely. Jim Jim Caldwell was wrongly fired to begin with. Right. Um, I think Caldwell the, is the choice there if, that, if that's what you're, you're down to. Yeah, I agree. I think I think Caldwell's the choice, but um, apparently Leslie Frazier is is the one that they're leaning toward, and and there's a lot of speculation right now that we could see Leslie Frazier back with the the or uh, back in the league as a head coach with the Chicago Bears. It'd be so, a train wreck. <clears throat> I think it will be. Um, but and last but not least, the Vikings, my boys, they went and interviewed uh, several GM candidates over the course of the last several weeks here. Um, they interviewed Quezzy Adolfo Mensa. He's the Cleveland Browns vice president of football operations. As of right now, he is one of the finalists. There's two, one of the two finalists. Um, but they, right as of, as it stands currently, he's one of the finalists that they've, they've requested second interviews with. Um, they interviewed Tennessee Titans director of personnel, Monty Ossenford, which I really like. I think he is awesome. So I, I think that would be a really interesting one. They interviewed the Eagles vice president of football operations, Catherine Rach. I don't like this one. I think she's a little young and she needs a little more experience. I'm I'm not sold on Catherine Rach. And frankly, I don't want anybody from the Eagles organization anyway. Um, next up, the Buccaneers vice president of player personnel, John Spytek. You know, a lot of people are giving Spytek a lot of credit right now. Um, I just want to point out. I, I, and I'm going to ask the question that everybody asks of the Brady Belichick. How much of his success is based on Brady being there? You know, and, and I have. Yeah, questions. yeah. I, I have questions about him. Um, Brandon Brown, the Eagles director of pl- player personnel. He got interviewed. Elliot Wolf, the Patriots current front office consultant and scout. He's the former Browns assistant GM, former Packers scout for 14 seasons. So he got an interview. Uh, the vice president of um, uh, Browns personnel, uh, Glenn Cook, and uh, the other finalist is, and my favorite, Ryan Poles. He's the executive director of player personnel for the Kansas City Chiefs. Uh, he apparently, and and so it's come down as far as we've been told so far to Ryan Poles of the Kansas City Chiefs and Quezzi Adolfo Mensa of the Cleveland Browns. I'm more sold on Ryan Poles. He's my favorite going in. Um, I, I think Poles is a, is a, a, a great, great executive here. I, and he's mainly responsible for that turnaround with the Chiefs offensive line. Um, a, a lot of people are, are really big on Adolfo Mensa. I hear he's a really smart guy from, from what I'm hearing. I, I mean, and he seems to have his shit together. One thing that raises my ire about Adolfo Mensa versus Poles is Poles was partially responsible for the uh, the pickup of Patrick Mahomes in the draft, whereas Adolfo Mensa, I mean, obviously we're seeing the Baker Mayfield experiment right now. I feel like if the Vikings are going anywhere, as far as a general manager, you're going to want a guy that can identify quarterbacks, right? Agreed. And and Rick Spielman notoriously was bad bad at identifying good quarterbacks, right? So you want to go a different direction. Exactly. I, I think Adolfo Mensa will give you more of the same as far as not being able to identify quarterbacks and not being able to put together a viable offensive line. 
um, with this team, whereas Ryan Poles was able to do it. I mean, we saw the turnaround here as far as the uh, the Chiefs go with Creed Humphrey and Trey Smith and Joe Thune and all those those moves that they made to fix that offensive line last year. They took that offensive line that was probably worse than than the Vikings offensive line was last year, which was abysmal. <clears throat> and he turned it all the way around with with a couple of rookies and a, a veteran guy. I mean, he Ryan Poles clearly knows what he's doing. So I I mean, and, and that's not to say Adolfo Mensa doesn't know what he's doing, but I think Ryan Poles has more of a grasp on this. He's been around for a while. If I had a choice, Ryan Poles should be the the general manager of the Minnesota Vikings, but we'll see. And then they went and interviewed head coaches, which is kind of a weird thing. Normally when when ownership says, oh, hey, we're going to let the general manager pick the next head coach, they don't – I mean, they, they'll sometimes interview him, but, like, they're, they're not on the brink of making hires here. But the Vikings did interview a bunch of head coaching candidates. The Packers offensive coordinator, Nathaniel Hackett, he did get his uh, uh, interview. Rams defensive coordinator and former Bucks head coach, Raheem Morris. Apparently, he's one of the favorites getting to get this job, which, to be honest with you, I am not sold on. Uh, former Eagles head coach, Doug Peterson, they they haven't interviewed him, but I, my understanding is they're planning on bringing him in for an interview. Uh, 49ers defensive coordinator, D'Amico Ryans, Bucks defensive coordinator, and former Jets head coach, Todd Bowles, Cowboys offensive coordinator, Kellen Moore, Cowboys defensive coordinator, and former Falcons head coach, Dan Quinn. Eagles defensive coordinator Jonathan Gallon, Jonathan Gannon rather, and Rams offensive coordinator Kevin O'Connell. If I had a choice right now, I would say either Hackett, Peterson, or O'Connell. Those are the three that I would totally be cool with. Um, I don't. I think Raheem Morris is getting a lot of of uh, hype here, and I think Dan Quinn's getting a lot of unnecessary hype. I think if the Vikings bring in Dan Quinn, it's going to be an absolute dumpster fire, don't you? Yeah, Dan Quinn shouldn't be their head coach. We, we just saw that that story. Right. And obviously, you know, Kellen Moore, uh, he was a hot candidate before what happened in that Cowboys game. Do you think Kellen Moore is going to wind up being stuck for another year until uh, everybody gets done bitching at him about that uh, – that uh, play that uh, yeah, I, mean, I think he I think he waits one more year at this point. Yeah, I, I think he kind of killed his chances. Obviously, I don't think anybody's really going to want Todd Bowles. I think he's more of a, a, a coordinator than anything. He, I mean, he was really bad as the Jets head coach. Obviously, the Jets organization is a shit show, but I think Todd Bowles is more of a DC, right? Yes. Yeah, that's where I'm at. The 49ers defensive coordinator, D'Amico Ryans, again, another guy that I think is more of a coordinator than anything, and that's how I think he should remain. Uh, I, I'm not entirely sold on D'Amico Ryans. Are you? I mean, I, I, as a coordinator, I am. I, I, don't, I don't see him as a head coach. Yeah, I don't, I don't either. I also don't see Eagles defensive coordinator, Jonathan Gannon, as, as a, uh, no, a head coach no. either. I think that's a mess. Um, the one guy that that is gaining a lot of traction here is Raheem Morris, and a lot of people are are really really stoked about him. Um, I like I like Raheem Morris as a, a defensive coordinator. I know he's he was you know a, a passing game coordinator for a little while there. 
Do you think Raheem Morris lands a head coaching position in the NFL this year? Do you think he winds up as the head coach? It, the- it may not be this year, but I, I think he eventually does. Yeah, I, I think eventually he does. I, I just I'm not entirely sold on Raheem Morris, to be honest with you. And and a lot of people are are really sold on him in spite of what went on in Tampa. And a lot of people are saying it's not his fault and all this other stuff. But at the end of the day, what I saw was a guy that went 0-7 to start his career. Um, and then as a head coach, and then he had a nice 10 and 6 season where they narrowly missed the playoffs, and then he went four and twelve the next year. I'm not entirely sold on Raheem Morris. I have questions about, about you know, I, I think he's a really good coordinator. I just, I have questions about his his uh, stability as a head coach. I just, I and a lot of, he's a really player-friendly guy. A lot of people say they really like him, and that's great. I, I think it's awesome, but I don't know if I'm sold on him as a head coach after seeing what I saw in Tampa. I have questions about that. Um. Packers offensive coordinator Nathaniel Hackett. I so Nathaniel Hackett, he was with the Bills, and a lot of people are, are questioning his credentials as well. Let, let me make something clear when it comes to Nathaniel Hackett. He was with the Bills when they had EJ Manuel as their starting QB. So he was already in a bad situation as the OC over there. We'll start there. Then he goes to Jacksonville, <clears throat> creates the league's number one rushing attack. And gives Blake Bortles his best numbers of the year en route to the Jacksonville Jaguars having an AFC title game appearance in which they should have been been given the W there. But the referees, again, this is those referees deciding games, uh, really snatched that one out of, out of their hands there. And But Nathaniel Hackett, and now he's over there with the Green Bay Packers. He's gotten a stellar endorsement from, from uh, uh, Aaron Rodgers. I, I really think that Nathaniel Hackett may very well be the the right guy, but I am still open to Doug Peterson. I'm still open to Kevin O'Connell. I think both those guys are are awesome at what they do. A lot of people think Doug Peterson was a flash in the pan. Do you think Peterson was a flash in the pan that one year in the Super Bowl? No, I, th- I think he put together a good team with what he had. Yeah. I, mean, I like Doug Peterson. Playoffs three years in a row, right? I mean, I exactly. two of those playoff years were nine and seven. I get it. But playoffs three years in a row, won a playoff game, won a Super Bowl. I, I think it's kind of an interesting pick. And then Rams offensive coordinator Kevin O'Connell. We see what's going on with with the Rams and their their offensive uh, their offensive weapons here and how they're handling their offense. I think Ken, Kevin O'Connell in general is going to make a great head coach in this league. Don't you? I think he he could be decent. Decent? Yeah, I don't know. Not sold on it, huh? Not completely. Oh, oh Tyler, not sold on the Kevin O'Connell train. I'm I'm sold on all three of those guys right now. I'm sold on Jim Caldwell, but Jim Caldwell unfortunately turned down my Vikings for a a um a head coaching interview. So that sucks. But I I would love to have Jim Caldwell. But um, those are that is our news around the league. Now, Tyler, we have four games going on this week. Uh, we've got two today, two tomorrow for the divisional round. And uh, we're going to jump right in here. And we're also doing some bold predictions with these. Am I correct? Yep. Doing, doing the same thing this week. Um, the closest anyone got was me. And, and, and we, we both missed on all six. 
But I was within seven yards of my Steelers under 250 total yards. Wow. Wow. Well, yeah, I, I knew the, the bold predictions were going to be bad. Shit show. <laughs> as soon as I was watching these games unfold, I went, <laughs> that's a mess. So um, are, are, are we ready to go into our uh, predictions for the divisional round, Tyler? Let's do it. All right, let's get it. Here are your predictions for the divisional round of uh, the 2021-2022 playoffs, starting off with the Bengals and the Titans. Uh, this one's going to be a fun game. I'm excited for it. 4.30 today. We got, we're about four and a half hours away. I'm going Titans here, and I'm going to say Derrick Henry has over 150 yards rushing and two touchdowns. 150 and two touchdowns. Yes, sir. I am going to take the Bengals. Yeah, I figured you would. I don't know. I, And I feel like you would be, too, with if you didn't live in Detroit. I, I feel like you probably would have a soft place for the Lions, just given their history. And that's kind of where I am with the Bengals. I, I have this weird soft spot in my heart for, for the Bengals, even though they're, they're a division rival. I, I'm kind of enjoying seeing them do well. So the Bengals are, are – so I've, I've always talked about, like, everybody's got their, their you know top favorite teams. I've always been a, a big fan of the Vikings, Chargers, Bills, Bengals. Those have been, like, the four of my, my favorites to watch. I, I like the Bengals a lot. Um, I would have chosen them in this game, but Derrick Henry coming back really just, it, it kind of said, I don't know. I don't know which Derrick Henry's going to be out there. And and I, I'm going to go with the Titans here based on that. But I could totally see the Bengals winning this game. But I'm, I'm just going to go Titans, and I'm going to say Derrick. Yeah, I, I, sh- I should be taking risks here with my four-point lead here, but here we are. But my bold picture I'm going with is, is Joe Mixon outrushes Derrick, Hen- outrushes Derrick Henry in yards and yards per carry. Woo! There you go. That's exciting. That's that good shit right there. So um, next up, we've got Packers and Niners. Um, I'm going Niners here. I'm taking, really? Yeah, I'm taking the Niners. I'm. I, I really hope that Jimmy Garoppolo plays today, and and I'm gonna. I'm going to look at it. Don't lock that in yet because I want to see if he's playing. <laughs> Don't lock it in yet because if he's playing, I, I think the, the Niners are screwed. Well, after last week, I, I started writing your shit in pencil. Yeah, I, yeah, I know. I'm, I'm looking like uh, here, here's the article. Hey, here's the well, I, I am taking the Packers. Uh, oh, get a, a game where uh, the Packers, despite the 49ers offense, uh, will have 500 total yards. Oh wow, wow! I'm gonna say uh, I'm gonna go with the Niners. I'm just gonna take the risk and say to hell with it. So go with the Niners, and I'm gonna say Elijah Mitchell has himself a monster game. I'm gonna talk over 130 yards, two touchdowns for Elijah Mitchell. All right. Yep. Uh, oh, let me. Let me get back to the uh, the schedule here. So uh, next up, we've got the Rams and the Bucks. Um, I'm going to go ahead and go Rams here. I know Tampa's favored. I'm going to go Rams, and uh, I'm going to say uh, I'm going to go with Matt Stafford is going to go ahead and throw for four touchdowns and over 350 yards in this game. I like it. 
I am also taking the Rams, but it won't be on the back of Sam Bradford. Sam Bradford? Uh, not Sam Bradford. Matt Stafford. <laughs> <laughs> You're about a decade late, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> well, that, 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 that would be a pretty poor and, and accurate uh, yeah, yeah, bold prediction. Well, that's not a bold prediction. He's right. <laughs> Sam hobbling um, out there with his bum keys. It won't be because of what Matt Stafford does. It'll be because Mr. TB12 throws through has three turnovers. Oh, but you, is it just turnovers? Or are we talking picks? Three turnovers, two two picks and a fumble. Ooh, are we are we being that precise there? Two picks and a fumble. Too. I'm saying three turnovers. <laughs> it's still a lofty a lofty guess here. Yeah. So three turnovers for TB12. I like that. And last but not least, a game that also could be, uh, I mean, game of the week here. And and it's Chiefs and Bills, two of the hottest quarterbacks right now. Ah, man, this one's going to be tough. This this is a tough one. This is a really tough one because both are so red hot. And the Bills have something different to them this year because they are actually have their running game going right now, which is something that did not happen last year. God, this one's tough. I'm going to play this one safe. I'm going to go with the Chiefs. And uh, I'm going to go ahead and say that uh, Travis Kelsey and Tyreek Hill will combine for over 250 yards and four touchdowns on the day. Wow. Yep. I like that. I am also taking the Chiefs. And I'm going to say that while in loss, I'm going to do something that you did last week. Mm -hmm. While in loss, Singletary has 150 yards. Woo! 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 150 yards for Devin Singletary. Shitball. And those are your predictions for the divisional round. Um, Tyler, we're about four hours away for uh, uh, divisional round weekend here. We've got uh, uh, four great games of football that are going to be coming up. Uh, I'm I'm super stoked. Super wild card weekend didn't feel so super. I'm hoping Super Divisional Round Weekend makes up for it. <laughs> I really do. It could. It really could. And looking at these games, like, these games are going to be tight. Bengals, Titans, Rams, Bucks, Bills, Chiefs. I think all three of those games are going to be tight. And and really, I, I know Green Bay's favored to win against the Niners. We'll see. I, I Who knows what the hell happens with Jimmy G, where we're going to find out. But I think this game is going to be – or this uh, – this week is going to be much more exciting. We could see a blowout tonight, but we'll we'll find out. But uh, yeah, that's that's what we're dealing with here. Um, before we get out of here, I want to give a shout out to our sponsor over at It's Your Time Massage. Uh, Amanda's a wonderful massage therapist. Wonderful massage therapist. Man, I'm having trouble talking today. Wonderful massage therapist. You can check her out at iytmassage.com, or you can check her out at It's Your Time Massage on Facebook. Also, uh, I want to give a shout out to our other sponsor over at uh, facekicktapparel.com. Sean Stockmeyer is a wonderful 
uh, custom T-shirt, hoodie, hat, anything you 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 could want, any custom clothing you want, you pick it. He sticks it over there at facekickedapparel.com. And Tyler, Super Wild Card Weekend. Are we fired up? We are. We are four weeks away from the Super Bowl, and and uh, so we're, we're, we will have a lull after the conference or championship games because uh, we have to deal with that bullshit ass Pro Bowl. Am I right? No one tries. Yeah, no one tries. It's a mess. The Pro Bowl is an absolute shit show anymore. I remember back when the Pro Bowl actually meant something. Like like players came out and actually played for the Pro Bowl. This this year not so much. This time, well, I think it's because it's it's that 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 was back when the Pro Bowl was after the Super Bowl. Yeah, yeah, and uh, yeah, now it's just a mess. Like nobody goes in and works for it, so we're gonna see the the stupid ass Pro Bowl in between the Super Bowl. But next week we'll have the conference round. And um, I'm all fired up for it, for the conference championships. Obviously, conference championship Sunday, always a good time. And, uh, yeah, we've got things rolling here. So we're down to the final eight. And right now, Tyler, I just want to point out that my Super Bowl prediction is still on the board. It is. It is still on the board. Now, it could have its ACL blown out, much like Darius Geis, but it's still on the board right now. So we, we could, um, come on, Titans, Rams, Titans, Rams. That's what we want. <laughs> so that's that's what we're going with. And and the Titans going over is, is what I've got. Titans, Rams with the Titans going over. I want I want to see want to see that. So we'll see if we get it. But uh, Tyler, I hope we have a wonderful division around weekend. Get your drink on. Have yourself a wonderful time. Folks, enjoy yourselves. And we will see you next week right here on the Outside Blitz. Join us soon on the Outside Blitz and be sure to follow on Facebook at facebook.com backslash the Outside Blitz and feel free to email us questions at theoutsideblitz at gmail.com.